Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoyed listening to the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. So today as Christians, a lot of us here uh, complain about things throughout our day, whether they be small or large things. And we complain about all things like throughout our day. And sometimes we don't even realize we're doing it. It becomes a habit of just complaining. Like I said, whether it be about small things or about things that are big. And we think as Christians that complaining has no impact on our lives. And if we complain about something, it's not going to affect us. But here's what happens. The more we complain, like I said, it becomes a habit. And then we start seeing the world as all negative. We start seeing things as all bad. And there's no good out there. And then it affects our Christian life. We start questioning God. If something's challenging or something's hard and God tells us to do it, we start complaining about it. We say, God, I don't want to do that. God, that's too challenging. That's too difficult. God, I'm not equipped to do that. And we start complaining, eventually it gets in our mindsets that it is too hard. And then we don't do it. And then we stop doing things for Christ. So complaining affects our faith and it affects our spiritual life. And it's something I think as Christians, we read in the Bible how the Bible tells us not to complain, and it's something we kind of ignore, and we don't really pay attention to that part. So tonight, the sermon is about we need to fix our attitudes, and that we have to fix ourselves and stop complaining as Christians and be grateful. And so we're going to see what God's Word says about being grateful and not complaining tonight. So our scripture reading is in Philippians chapter 2, verses 14 through 18 which says, Do all things without grumbling or disputing, that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God, without blemish, in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life, so that in the day of Christ I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. Even if I am to be poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. Likewise, you also should be glad and rejoice with me. If you would, bow your heads and pray. Lord, I ask that tonight that the words I speak are not mine, Lord, that they're from you. And that I'm obedient to what your word says and that I preach your truth tonight, Lord. I ask that you open our eyes and heart to receiving this message, that you tell us what your word says about complaining, that you give us lessons and, and, and tell us how to live being grateful, and how to understand what a blessing it is that we're alive and that we get to praise you each day. Show us what a blessing it is, what a blessing you've given us of life. And that show us, Lord, that it, there's a better way than complaining, and it's to be grateful. Show us tonight, Lord, how to be grateful. And please help us to apply that to our lives. In your name we pray, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So, in this passage in Philippians, it's talking about how complaining affects your faith. And it's rooted from the passage in 1 Corinthians. So tonight, before we go on to the lesson, I want to read the passage in 1 Corinthians to you guys so you kind of understand where Philippians is getting this from. So it's in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1 through 13. And it says, For I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, 
that our fathers were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea and all, were the, all ate the same spiritual food and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them. And the rock was Christ. So before we read on the rest of the passage, talking about the rock of ages, we just sang that song. Christ is our rock. And Christ, is, Christ was their rock in 1 Corinthians. Okay, they praised Christ. They followed Christ. And these were devout Christians. So I want you to understand these are devout Christians. So they're, they're very devoted in following Christ. But I want you to see some of the sins that corrupted them. And I think it might, it might open your eyes a little bit to where Philippians gets this. Now these things took place as examples for us that we might not desire evil as they did. Do not be idlers as some of them were. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. We must not indulge in sexual immorality as some of them did. And 23,000 fell in a single day. We must not put Christ to the test as some of them did and were destroyed by serpents. Nor grumble as some of them did and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now these things happened to them as an example, but were written down for our instruction on whom at the end of ages has come. Therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands, take heed lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you that is common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape. He may be able to endure it. So these people, um, one of the temptations it mentions is grumbling, complaining. So it mentions like sexual immorality, idlers, but then it puts grumbling in the same category as all those. Grumbling meaning complaining. And so we, a lot of us in here don't think complaining is a big issue, but it actually took these people away from their faith. And th these people had Christ as the rock, and they were devout Christians. And because of their grumbling, some of them fell away from the faith. That's, that's how big of an issue complaining can be to our Christian lives. Because it's a temptation. And Satan uses temptations to pull us away from Christ. And so, as a temptation, well, one thing I want you to take away from this passage, though, is that no temptation has overcome you that is common to man. And God will always provide a way out. So, complaining is a temptation that Satan uses to pull us away from Christ. And like I explained earlier, it's because we start thinking that the, the tasks God gives us are too hard, are too challenging. And then we stop doing them. Because it gets in our minds that it is too hard. Or we can't do it. And so we literally stop following Jesus in that way. Complaining has that big of an effect on our spiritual life. But we're never going to be tempted to complain when we can't withhold it. God's always going to be there to provide a way out. And so, before we get into tonight on why we complain and how to be grateful, I want you to also understand that complaining doesn't just affect our spiritual lives. It also affects our physical well-being. Um, when you complain, it affects an area of the brain that causes early Alzheimer's. And that area of the brain affects a thought process. Whereas, like I said earlier, the more you complain, the more your mind starts seeing the world and the things God commands us to do is negative. It actually has a physical effect on your mind. And it also leads to depression 
and it leads to a shortening of life. So it, it can literally kill you. Complaining can literally kill you spiritually and physically. So why do we complain then? If it's that big of an issue. We complain because we're selfish. We think the world's all about us. And we think, I want, I want the most comfort. I want the nicest cars. The nicest house. I want a better job than this person has. Or I want this. I want this. We're always wanting more. So we're never satisfied with what we have. And we're selfish. And we have to realize that this life is not about us. Okay? We're not, that's not our purpose here. Our purpose is not to make our life as comfortable as possible for ourselves. So you may ask, what is our purpose then? Well, when we go to Matthew, we kind of see that outlined. And in Matthew it says, in verse 28, this is in the very bottom of verse 28, starting in, I mean chapter 28, sorry. Starting in verse 16. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, into the mountain which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw Him, they worshipped Him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Our purpose here, again, is not to make our lives the best we can make it. Our purpose here is to live out Christ. And when we do that, we're called to minister to others. Share the gospel with others. Help those out. Going back to my sermon from last week, we're called to help the needy, help the poor, the widow, the orphan. We're called to to baptize people by teaching them the truth, sharing the gospel with them. So our life's not meant to be about us. And when when we put our lives focused on ourselves and not on Christ and on others, then we start complaining when things don't go our way. And we start complaining when life is not as perfect as we want it to be. Um, and going off of this Matthew verse, and in the Bible, as you see throughout the entire Bible, life's not meant to be lived alone. Jesus had 12 disciples that He taught all the time, poured out to, and that followed Him. We're meant to live life with other believers and other people. And so again, life's not meant to be about us. That's not our purpose here. And when we make it about us, we start complaining about things when it doesn't go our way. And so what that leads to, I think, is we have to be grateful for what we have. Be grateful for the blessings God has given us in our life. Although, you know, life might not be perfect for us, we're not perfect people. So don't expect your life to be perfect. We're, we're sinners and we've, we're flawed. And we live in a flawed and sinful world. So everything around you is not going to be perfect. But you can, you can be grateful for what you have. And it's a blessing that God even puts you here. And it's even more of a blessing that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. So when we put our faith in Him, we can have eternal life. So what a blessing it is to be a Christian and to know who Christ is. And so, what is our focus? Oh, um, what I want to talk about before I go into what our focus is, is that a lot of times we compare our lives to other people. We say that, well, this person has a better car, or this person has a better marriage, or this person seems happier, or this person has a nicer house. And so we start complaining that we don't have what so-and-so has. Well, I want to challenge you guys not to compare yourself to other people. But if you do compare yourself to other people, who are you comparing yourself to? If you always compare your life to somebody that has more than you, 
then you're going to complain and be miserable. But if you compare your life to somebody in a third world country that doesn't know where their next meal is coming from, they don't have a home, they don't have medical care like we have, then your life is amazing to them. Your life is unbelievable to them. They couldn't even imagine a life with all the blessings that we have. So who you compare your life to will influence how you see your life. If you always compare your life to somebody that has more than you, you're always going to be miserable. If you compare your life to somebody that has less than you, you realize the blessings that God's given you. So what is our focus? Are we distracted by things we can't control? Like the weather. Or somebody said something to us. Or maybe society did something we don't approve of. Like I said earlier, it says in Philippians, the world is a crooked and perverse place. So there's bad things all over us. And we can easily pick things to complain about every day. And if we live our life that way, nothing's going to get better. So if we worry about the things around us, nothing's going to get better. But if our focus is a kingdom on an impact on how can I change that? How can I make the world better? Although my circumstances, my situation around me might be awful, how can I influence that? How can I make my situation better? And if we focus on our influence, then you're going to see the amazing things that will happen because of that. And I want to, show, I want to tell you guys a story tonight uh, that's in Acts, which is the story of Paul and Silas. And what I want you guys to think about when I'm reading this is their circumstance, their situation, they can't control. Just like us in this room, we can't control what the world does. We can't control our situation. We, we control how we respond to it, though. We can let the world tell us what to do, or we can change it by living differently. We can respond in a different way. And I want you to see how Paul and Silas responded to their situation. So we're going to look in Acts chapter 16, and it says, Starting in verse 16, actually. As we were going to a place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit of divination and brought her owners much gain by fortune telling. So this woman was a fortune teller uh, possessed by an evil spirit. But people were making a profit off of what she was doing. So continuing on. She followed Paul and us, crying out, These men are servants of the Most High God who proclaimed to you the way of salvation. And this she kept doing for many days. Paul, having become greatly annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out that very hour. And so Paul and Silas, they see this girl uh, has an evil spirit inside of her. And they, they turn to her and command the Spirit in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to come out of her. And the Spirit leaves her. But now watch how all those people that were profiting off of this girl doing evil things, watch how they respond to that. But when her owners saw that their hope of gain was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before their rulers. And when they had brought them to the magistrates, they said, These men are Jews, and they are disturbing our city. They advocate customs that are not lawful for us as Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in attacking them, and the magistrates tore the garments off them and gave orders to beat them with rods. And when they had inflicted many blows upon them, they threw them into prison, ordering the jailer to keep them safely. Having received this order, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet 
in the stocks. So Paul and Silas, living for Christ, preaching the gospel, command an evil spirit to come out of this girl. Now, they're, they're doing everything right. But because those people were profiting off of this girl doing evil things, they were mad because their profit was gone. Because their focus wasn't on Christ. It was about themselves. They were selfish. And they wanted all the profit. They wanted all the money they could get. And so they seized Paul and Silas. And they start beating them with rods. And it says they inflict many blows. So imagine like a, a rod and somebody just beating you as hard as they can with it multiple times. I mean, the pain of that had to have been unreal. But then they go a step further. They throw Paul and Silas in jail and shackle, the, shackle their feet up in the jail so they can't move. So right now, Paul and Silas are in a pretty bad situation, as we can all see. They're in a pretty bad circumstance. And it'd be easy to complain and to say, Lord, why am I going through this? Lord, why are you putting me through this? I did everything right. Why am I going through this? That would be the natural response for us to respond that way. But Paul and Silas respond in a very different way. And that's what I want you to picture tonight. Listen to how they respond in this passage. <clears throat> About midnight, Paul and Silas are praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake. So the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened. And everyone's bonds were unfastened. When the jailer woke and saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried with a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. And the jailer called for lights and rushed in. And trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you shall be saved, you and your household. So Paul and Silas in this situation didn't, didn't complain about their situation, didn't say, Lord, why am I going through this? Lord, this is hard. I don't want to do this. They sang praises and hymns to God in jail. They worshiped God that night. And then they went a step further. An earthquake happened and their shackles broke. And the, and the doors of the jail broke open. So Paul and Silas could just walk out if they wanted to. But instead, they obeyed authority and, and stayed in the jail. And, and, the, and the guard saw the doors open. And back in that time as a Roman, if his bosses would have known that all the prisoners escaped and he was on duty, they would have killed him or harmed him very badly. So he was about to kill himself instead. And Paul and Silas stepped up and said, Hey, whoa, whoa, we're all here. Don't kill yourself. So because Paul and Silas responded in this way and didn't just take the easy way out, didn't just leave the jail, they stayed obedient to God and stayed in the jail. This jailer asked, what can I do to be saved? And Paul and Silas explained, call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And him and his household were saved. Later on in this passage, uh, Paul and Silas rejoice with the jailer and his household and sing praises. So in life today, we can't control our circumstances. We can't control what's around us. We can control our response to them. Just like Paul and Silas did. We have a choice how we're going to respond to our circumstance. And if we respond the way Paul and Silas did, knowing that 
God's going to be praised. I don't know why I'm going through this right now, why God's put me through this, but I know it's for a bigger purpose than what I have for myself. And I know that by going through this, Christ will be praised. Miraculous things will happen. And somebody can come to know Christ because of how you respond to a situation. Just like how Paul and Silas responded, somebody came to know Christ because of their response. Not because of the circumstance around them. How they responded to that circumstance. And so, today we're going to have many things every day to complain about. In our life, small or big, there's things to complain about every day. But if we choose to have a kingdom-minded approach, knowing that if we live for Christ, that the things God calls us to, the situations God puts us in, are for a bigger purpose than ourselves. If we're not selfish, knowing that life's not about us, we're here to praise God and to minister to others, then no matter what we go through, when our response is like that, miraculous things will happen around us. And we'll start to see all the glory that God has blessed us with. And we'll start to be grateful for the things we have in our life and the things God has given us. And in verse 17 of Philippians, it says, it says, even if I am to be poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. Likewise, you should also be glad and rejoice with me. So Paul's saying that, hey, no matter what happens in life, no matter what I go through, in James it says we're going to go through trials and tribulations. So life's not always going to be perfect, but no matter what I go through, I'm going to praise Christ. And my response is going to be positive. I'm not going to complain about my situation, but I'm going to keep praising Christ, knowing that the kingdom impact in the future is great. And my reward is in heaven, not on earth. And that we live as Christ, but to die as gain. That this earth, heaven has way more than this earth can ever offer us. So we live our lives here, living out Christ. When we die, we have much more reward in heaven. And God and Christ will give us our reward in heaven before we do here. So before I close tonight, I talked about in the beginning of the sermon uh, the effects physically that complaining has on you. Well, the effects of being grateful for, your, for what you have and being grateful that God blesses you with circumstances um, is even far greater than what happens when you complain. Uh, when, you're, when you're grateful, it can actually increase your life. And you can have, it gets rid of toxic emotions like anger and envy that come from complaining. And so the physical effects of gratitude is a healthier well-being. And it's proven by, by doctors that people that are more grateful are healthier and live a better and happier life. And it reduces depression. And so if you want to live a happier life and live a better spiritual life in your walk with Christ, stop complaining and start being grateful today. And you'll see the spiritual and the physical effects of that. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.wordpress.com or you can like us on Facebook. Facebook.